thanks guys for for coming showing up we're going to be doing our post series podcast again so uh, we did this a little while ago for the revelation series but we just kind of hung out and talked about really the biggest thing is what are those little nuggets that we wanted to bring uh, mm -hmm. into the sermons and into the series that we didn't really uh, have an opportunity because we only have a limited time in those messages mm -hmm. um, so I'm really just excited to hear what are the things in this series that we just finished on good God that you guys have to say that you wanted to say that didn't have time to say uh, what are the things that didn't fit yeah right there's a lot to say about a good God yeah. um, he's pretty good yeah. um, and uh, I know we spent a lot of time reading uh, that book gentle and lowly which yeah. personally was hard to get through but full of beautiful uh, it was I, I don't think I've ever read a book like that right where it's yeah. like thick and dense and and you have to reread it again because sometimes the page is so boring you can't read it but then sometimes you're like i need to reread that again because that was like golden yeah and and i need to read that like 10 times to really get it it's just a, yeah. it's such a unique author yeah um, it's not flashy yeah it's no, not flashy no. yeah no but i found it like so i i i went through it my this is my like i think my third time through it mm. so i i found it i i read it like a devotional so i wrote mm -hmm. read it kind of every day yeah and and I just found it refocusing and life giving, yeah. um, but I can see how. But it's, I mean, highly reformed. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. And that's a lot what I, of pure, a lot of Puritans. <laughs> that's what I ended up doing. I started yeah. off trying to just breeze through it because yeah. I was like, "Well, this is studying for the for the mm -hmm. sermon series, you know." Mm -hmm. But then yeah. it was like, "No, I get I got a chapter. You got to slow day. down. You got to yes. slow down. And that's on, all I can do." Um, yeah. But yes. it was beautiful. It was yeah. really had some profound points in there that we wow. kind of structured things off of, right? This mm. really was, Jeff was the one who spearheaded oh. this series, I would yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I was gonna say the uh, the reference books that he talks, I read oh. the John Bunyan book. I'm like, <laughs> if that was hard, John Bunyan's was even harder because it was like <laughs> old English version oh, of yeah. that book. Um, but there is, it's like if you slowly read it, you gain something out of it. And that's mm. what I love but about it. But I feel book. like, okay, so, I feel like we need to recapture some of that. I remember walking through Chicago and, and thinking like, how long did it take to build these buildings? You know, and then yeah. thinking mm -hmm. about how churches were built. Like, like in some ways, as you approach even the scriptures or an idea of gentle and lowly or a good God, like we, we have this like, how do we speed this up? How do we get this going? Yeah. And I actually think like slowing down. So I started realizing like building campaigns were like, this is gonna take 200 years or 150 yeah. years, but it's gonna be beautiful. And it's, you know, it's a long drawn out process. And yeah. I think sometimes as it relates to our spirituality, our relationship with the Lord, like how do we, how do we work through this? So I think a book yeah. like that kind of goes, and it slows you way, way down. And it yes. makes you kind of get really focused on those certain as aspects and attributes yeah. of God. And so I, that's what I really enjoyed about it. And I'm learning like, Man, I gotta figure out pace in my life. Like, mm. so that's been a big, big word for me. A big thought for me mm. is like, I need to figure out pace. But I need to figure out. I think I've cruised through these attributes of God so fast in my life because they've just kind of been normal. Yeah. And I think in this season of my, I'm like, oh, dude, I gotta slow down on some of these, and I gotta like reflect on. Mm. So that's I think why the book was helpful for me because I'm like, yeah. I need to slow down. I'm like cruising through, and I'm missing you know, so much. And so yeah. I felt like even in the series, I think the book just was like, let's slow down a little bit. Let's, mm. let's sit in this a second because we just yeah. make these assumptions. Well, God's good, right? God's good. God's mm. good. That's why we're here at church. Right. Yeah. And we're starting to realize like, well, if I believe that one, it brings a lot of questions to my heart it really does yeah. a lot of tension. It brings to my heart, yeah. but it also is like, man, I think I'm missing out on the real goodness of it. I really yeah. feeling it. And and, and trying to apply it into my daily, 
you know, daily life. So mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, that that's a part of, I think, why that resource is helpful. And then some of the other ones he's referring to, it's like, you guys slow way, way down, way down. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think back on when, I, when I first became a Christian in high school, I remember I was listening to this guy that was preaching and he said, a, a very small percentage of Christians have actually read the whole Bible. Mm. So I thought, I'm going to change that, you know? <laughs> so I sat down and I was really just going, I'm going to try to read the Bible as fast as I can. Mm. And I'm just like pounding through it, you know? And I did, I read the whole Bible as fast as I could and I finished it and I thought, I don't know what I gained from that mm-hmm. uh, other than I can check the box of I read it really quickly. And I think that this book really points out that that nature of slowing down and letting some of these things as you ruminate on them kind of hit your heart in a different way. Yeah, so. Peterson has this idea of a slow down spirituality. Mm. You know, so we just need to, if, if where church history has been is like in this last, what, 30, 40, 50 years, is like, go, 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 build, 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 get big. Right. You know, it seems like something's happening in this season of church history. It's like, whoa, I think we missed a whole bunch. I think we've been cruising too fast, building too much, yeah. that that interior life is mm-hmm. is struggling. So I, yeah. I hopefully, I think that's what really came out of the series yeah. that we walked through. Is like, can we just slow down for a second, talk about some stuff? Because yeah. it impacts everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, anyway. something really interesting happened in this series where it was in some ways it was your translation and your manifestation, Jeff, of something that really David was smelling early in the year and probably, you know, in, yeah, beginning of last year. Uh, yeah, David smells, you know. Uh, but uh, something that he was really sensing of like wanting to lead us as a church into a mm-hmm. season of trying to, you know, get strong, trying to root ourselves in the Lord. David, I wonder if you could kind of talk about like the thing that sparked this particular mm-hmm. uh, version yeah. of that, really, which is what's happening for the whole year. Yeah, yeah the, when, when you guys are talking about the book Gentle and Lowly and, and the slowing down, um, and even just kind of the way the, the Puritan, and that, that was the thing, he was introducing a way that Puritan mm-hmm. theology which is different than, you know, other people. But the word mercy was just, you know, like mercy is not quick. Mercy is slow. Mercy is, is instead of being powerful and, and like, you know, quick and strong and, and on top, mercy is gentle and it's lowly. And you can't, you can't be gentle quickly, right? Like when you're being gentle, you are slowing down because there's a sensitivity Mm -hmm. and, and lowly, is something that you know it just goes unnoticed it's underneath and and so that that's where i felt like you know and and jeff you've i feel like been trying to trying to cultivate that heart for mercy and and i think those two just go together so well um and so good god looking at the goodness of god yes he's almighty yes he's powerful yes he's done amazing things but he's also you know gentle and lowly in christ and he wasn't he wasn't too fast for anyone and he wasn't in a hurry, even though he's a big job, mm-hmm. right? And he didn't even start till he was 30 years old. So fascinating to me. Oh. And then, you know, spent three years, super small town, only went to Jerusalem a few times. Um, and yet he was supposed to save the world, you know? And so that, just that, that whole concept, it seemed like a very, you know, and I think for, what, what's the guy's name? Um, that, Drager. That, Dane, that, Dane, that wrote, Dane, Dane Ortland. Dane Ortland or something. <laughs> We're going to get it. Yeah, all of us. So I think, I think for him, he was seeing in the Puritan you know, tradition that type of pace and that type where when you think, I mean, again, I don't, I don't know a lot about Puritan history, but you think of even like Amish societies or whatever. Yeah. They're just kind of this, this separate 
slow, not trying to keep up with technology, not trying yeah. to keep up with civilization or modernization. And again, right or wrong, I'm not saying one or the other, but yeah. it's just a different way of going about it. And when you look at the life of Jesus, you can see that there was some of that, you know, that he really was in, in a hurry. I love the phrase in Isaiah where it says um, about the Messiah, a smoldering wick he would not put mm -hmm. out and a bruised reed he would not break, mm -hmm. which is just so gentle mm -hmm. and so lowly. Yeah. And uh, but anyways, that so so the goodness of God kind of tied in with that that particular aspect of the goodness. All those other attributes of God are good. Sure. But that one, um, you know, and it's revealed in the name of God in Exodus 34 that He's mm. you know abounding in mercy mm. and compassion. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I, as far as what you're talking about strengthening ourselves in the Lord, that's our that's our banner for the year. Um, and we're actually starting a sermon series this Sunday called Strengthening mm, Yourself yeah. in the Lord. Mm -hmm. But I think looking at the goodness of God and finding His mercy is, is where we're going to find strength. Well, yeah. part of that tension that we were working through was having to define strength. You know, we've yeah. used terms like buoyancy, you know, those are some of the, but we're like, yeah. well, you know, we have to redefine strength, yeah. contextually, culturally right now. And so even as we kind of were going a round horn trying yep. to figure that out it's like yeah. well let's look who let's look to god and let's let's deal with gentle and lowly and, yep. and that's power that's strength right. that's majesty mm -hmm. strength yeah. is not is you know we think strength is you never get tired yeah mm -hmm. strength is you never you never feel tired you never yeah. you never yeah. you never meet something you can't do but biblically and in, in the life of christ that's not that's not the way strength yeah. is defined and it's what we gravitate toward right i mean a lot of times that's what we're looking for in a leader that they never fail mm -hmm. that they're always going you know yeah. and i think for jesus to display something so radically different you know uh this sort of this this laying your life down for people this the chief servant of all it just flies in the face of everything our culture says should be strong leadership mm -hmm. and it's beautiful and i think it's one of those things that challenges us too in the season where maybe everyone's confused we're coming out of 2020 everyone's looking for like let's have some clarity where we're going to go and then you meet this god who meets you where you're at you know that walks with you in a gentle lowly way that doesn't add more burden onto you like everybody else's mm -hmm. who isn't there going you got to do more you got to dig deeper that's that's the it's not the, the the god that we find in the bible and it's a beautiful thing and it should be really freeing for us to go jesus is meeting us where we're at and he's walking with us in that gentle mm -hmm. and lowly way it's yeah. it's beautiful one of the things that i was uh picking up on you know and even in that context of what you're talking about strength and read and defining strength and what does that actually mean you know one of the things that i i've noticed lately and been spending a lot of time thinking about is is that in in american culture we have a high value for what we call independence mm. um, and i wonder at that i wish there were like a sociological history way to like go back and figure out how we came to that because i i suspect it's because we've conflated you know independence from oppression uh, with yeah. what we call independence on a personal level. I suspect it's because we said, well, no taxation without representation. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I need to be able to stand on my own two feet. And, you know, I don't, you know, I don't need a girlfriend. I don't need mm -hmm. a, I don't need a boyfriend. I don't need a wife. I don't need a husband. I don't need, you know, my parents to help out with anything. I don't yeah. need friends. I can mm -hmm. plow through and be strong and independent on my own. I don't need mm -hmm. to cut my hair. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like, it's just so interesting that that's happened. And I, I don't yeah, know how that sure. came about. That's my suspicion. Maybe 
maybe there's a connection there yeah. with uh, which is funny because those are such wildly different things right independence from oppression and independence from community and people and relationship yeah. and needing to stand on your own is very very silly uh, but it's interesting, you know, the, the message that I was preaching on was Jesus as our advocate. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because, you know, an advocate is one of those things that happens much more in collectivist cultures and much less in individualist cultures like ours. Yeah. Um, and yet it's not the kind of thing that you can avoid, right? Mm. We still have a word for advocate in, mm. in American English. You know, yeah. we still know what it means. We've still witnessed people advocating for others. We've still, you know, witnessed those moments, but really it's, it's maybe a little uncomfortable for us. Mm. Um, we're comfortable saying I am an advocate. Yeah. Um, it's hard for us to say I need an advocate. Um, because it feels like we failed an American value of independence to say, I need you to show up for me. Mm. I need you to, you know, it's like, to me as you know, it reminds me of like, Oh, being a little kid and like, I'm too scared to go order, you know, McDonald's and my parents go and mm. order for me, you know? And I remember yeah. actually vividly the moment when I was probably seven or eight and they said, here's, you know, five bucks, go to McDonald's and order for yourself. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, I yeah. need an advocate, you know, <laughs> someone help, someone go for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. but it's just, it's so interesting that I think in, um, God's view of humanity, of what's healthy, there is something beautiful about depending on each other, about needing each other. Mm. And that in God's view of strength, there's something beautiful, there's something strong about saying, I can't, mm. yeah. I, need, I need you. Like, Jeff, will you take the honor and the, and the strength and the influence that you have and will you go to this place for me and advocate for me? Will you show up on my behalf? Because I can't, I don't have it on my own. And that's, that's a really yeah, beautiful thing. That honestly was probably one of the, I think harder realities for me as I was kind of working through the book, but then, you know, just personally, like I, I followed Jesus my whole life and I really believe I had more of an agnostic, you know, mm -hmm. theology without knowing it. Like yeah. he did his work, he's all done. Yep. And now I got to do my work. I need to be a good soldier. I need to, you know, suck it up buttercup spirituality yeah. and get going. And so like, I'm working through this idea of him being my advocate. I'm going like, why am I, I should be like, I should be weeping. Like I should be overwhelmed by the fact that Jesus's work didn't end with death, resurrection and ascension. Like yes, he's yeah. still doing a work and why can't I connect with that? Why can't I not be like, why is that not impactful? Well, because I'm independent, because yeah. I'm going like, I got this God. Like yeah. I got this figured out, like you did your deal, you did your work, now it's time to, for me to do my work. So yeah. God, I'm not sure if I need you to intervene in, in my life too much, I'm just gonna get going. And I was like, yeah. whoa, I mean, it was like, it took my breath away that I had gotten to a point where I had followed Jesus long enough where I was like, mm. I can't connect with the fact that he's advocating to me, mm. for yeah. me, to God, like he's still doing the work he, yeah. that he began and I'm like, Oh man, so I just went through like massive amounts of repenting through that and going like, mm. I want to reconnect with this, like yeah. I need help, yes. I need you, I need you to do, and I wanna be grateful for that, you know? Yeah. And so I think I've, I've probably struggled with that reality, I've struggled with grace, I think because grace goes, you, you can't earn it, you know? Yeah. Like, so I'm like, wow, I really need to dig into this. So yeah. again, so much of this is like, when you start realizing the goodness of God is not just this meta mm -hmm. reality, yeah. it's just this very micro 
reality that is it, it can bring unbelievable amounts of clarification to why am I so tired? Yeah. You know, this is that passage. Mm. Why am I so worn out? You know, mm. this is what you were you were drawing out. Like that, I, I thought that was so funny in that in the idea of well, so the gentle and lowly is the second half of the yeah. of the thought that Jesus is bringing forth that if you come to me who are weary and heavy laden I will give you rest. Yeah. Just that idea that <laughs> Jesus had been with humans as a human for 33 years mm, yeah. at that point. You know, he had he had walked with them, you know, he'd been with the disciples specifically for that much time that he was talking to. Mm. <laughs> Just his conclusion was if you come to me mm. I'm gonna give you guys rest. Yeah. And I, I almost feel like either he was probably making fun of them a little yeah. bit in there. Yeah. He's like, well, you yeah. people are crazy. <laughs> you people are so strung out and worn out. Yep. People are so weighed down. If you come to me, guess what you're gonna get? You're yeah. gonna get nothing but just a nap yeah. because you guys are so, and I mean, I told the joke, like when I was in New York City, yeah. and I was just walking around and all these people just up all night, it's true, city mm. never sleeps. But they look like they've never slept. Yeah. They yes. look exhausted and worn out. And I was just like, I you know, guys it's the same sleep. thing about New Yorkers. Yeah. You're like, go to sleep. Yeah. And so that's, that's probably why you're so angry. Yes. <laughs> and so Jesus, that, I mean, that's what he was saying. He's and and obviously the the you know not funny mm -hmm. reality is that the the burden that people are carrying that oh, the, there mm -hmm. is a heavy load. Yeah. to our humanity and just dealing with our sinful nature dealing with the sinful nature of those around us yeah. and then the true you know graphic statistical realities of of how much pain people really are enduring yeah. is intense so yeah. i mean so it's a real it's a real nice thing that jesus is giving he's not just making fun of us he's actually trying to help too yeah. and i love on the the back side of your sermon i felt like the Lord was really speaking about the the weight that other gods put on lower mm -hmm. lowercase g gods put on our shoulders. You know, mm -hmm. whether it's sin, whether it's other religions, whatever it is, you you start looking at it, and it all adds up to more burden, more expectation, more earning. And Jesus is this beautiful, refreshing sort of singular voice in the voice of all this like myriad of of different voices that are trying to add burden onto us. And Jesus is going. I'm looking to take burden off of you. Mm -hmm. And what what good news is that? You know, yeah. and I remember after your sermon, I just felt like this burden had lifted off of my mm -hmm. shoulders even. And I've read that verse many, many times, oh, yeah. you know. Uh, but to just come back to that and go, whatever the world's trying to put on us, whatever the world's trying to put on me, mm -hmm. I started becoming keenly aware of it. And I'm going, it's weighty, it's really heavy, and it's more than I can stand. But Jesus is there looking to take weight off of my shoulders. Mm -hmm. How beautiful and refreshing is that, you know? Yeah, yeah so. and I, I think something, you know, in in the idea of the yokeness, you know, mm, like yeah. one of the things I would have loved to have taken more time is I did I in one of the commentary, I I think I briefly talked about it. I would have loved to have way more conversation around this, but like they had said one of the myths that's out there is like that Jesus was the best because he was a carpenter yeah. and that his father was a yoke maker. But it's, he, Jesus had, you know, the myth is he was the best yoke maker in the area. Like people yeah. came to him because he made the best yokes. And so, but I love that idea. Um, one, it made it a little more practical for me. Like, oh yeah, that's right, he, more human. He's yeah. a carpenter. Mm. He's speaking to things that are just natural. Yeah. But then the idea of him not just going, let me take that burden off of you, but mm. him saying, let me link myself with you. Yes. Like yeah. that to me was like, again, mm. that, that comes into conflict with that agnostic yes. kind of way in which we kind of practically live out our lives mm. and going like, he's just like, no, 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 come on. 
Like, and he's just like leaning in and like, let's, like that idea for me is like, okay, how do I practically apply that every day? Like in every situation, like most often I'm like, get out of my yoke, you know, like I got this. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's just way too heavy for you. You know, let me come with, I'm come with you here in this. I'm strapped into this apparatus with you, into this situation with you. And that for me was like, oh man, no wonder it's been so hard for yes. so long. No wonder I'm so burnt out. Yeah. No wonder I'm so burdensome. He's yeah, because like, no. with that too, it's not just weight, it's pace. Yeah, you know, like 100%. that's the thing with the yoke too, is it's like, <laughs> that's true. you can't get ahead of the, yeah. the one next to you. That's good. So it's like, a lot of times I think maybe it's not even weight, but pace. We're trying to go faster and our feet are like dragging in the mud and we're like, come on, God, we got to get going faster. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, 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 just, just slow down. You know, mm-hmm. I love, I mean, the, just the, the, the so layers good. with that, with the yoke is, is beautiful. Yeah. You know, you know, it's uh, one of the things that I try to remember. In fact, this morning in my quiet time, I was trying to just remind myself of this is that, uh, you know, if, if, if our purpose for being, if the chief end of man is to know God and to glorify him forever, mm. you know, if, if the function of our existence is just relationship with God, it's so ironic when we get caught up in the doing and the busy and get the anxiety. You know, I was thinking that mm. today. I was thinking of all the things that I have to do over the next couple of weeks and a number of things that are, feel really important and I can't drop the ball on and I got to do it. And I was thinking, okay, well, how many nights this next couple of weeks I'm going to be up late, you know, making sure that I get everything done. Mm. And in my quiet time, I was just remembering, you know, life is in a lot of ways just like going on a date with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you if you go, if you remember the dating days, you know, and you go or the days when you didn't know who you were dating necessarily as well as you do now, now that you have a wife, you know, and you, and you go on a date with someone and it's like if you see an amazing movie, best movie you've ever seen, had the best food you ever had. And it's with someone that you don't like, that bugs you, that annoys you, that you're like, you know, like, well, this is, you know, yeah. it's not a good date, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. and conversely, you know, and you're married, you have a wife that you love and your relationship is healthy and you go and you see the worst movie you've ever had and you try a new restaurant and it's horrible and neither mm-hmm. of you like anything you get. Yeah. Um, and you're there in the company of your wife who you love. It's like, this is, this is a great date. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. We got to go hang out and spend time together, you know, and we do that like in life where we forget that we're on a date with God, mm-hmm. with a good God. And so if if I'm failing and dropping the ball or there's too much to do or it's just a bad movie, so to speak, you know, mm. but I'm in the presence of a good God, it's a great day, mm. um, yeah. you know? And if I'm, you know, so focused on the stuff that I forget that I'm yeah. with someone really good to be with, mm. um, yeah, then true. then I, I miss out. That part, of, that part of your story I can connect with. <laughs> I like, I'm trying to go like dating God. I think the, the part that I think I resonate is the with part. Like yes. you're with him and everything, you know, so don't miss, my wife's always going like, we don't have to leave the restaurant yet yeah you know i'm yeah. like i ate though <laughs> yeah. food's done, done eating like, Check. I, yeah. yeah and she's like we can just sit here and just talk and i'm like yeah but we're all we're all done here you know yes. like i we accomplished this mm. task and she, what she's really saying is just be here with me mm. and i i think i think i love that part of the illustration of going like just be here with me like mm. let's do this together let's be here i was so excited about the next thing i Brittany and I went on a date Tuesday night. We went to, actually went to the Suns game. Somebody gave us tickets. What? And so we're down there and and like, you know, I remember when we first were dating, like I would be, re- I was prepared. Like I had the plan <laughs> and all these things. And so we're driving there and I'm like, oh shoot. I thought I had cash, you know, for parking mm. and I didn't. So then we had to go to the ATM. We go to the ATM. 
at this Circle K, and I needed gas anyway, so I'm like, okay, this is working out. And then I go in and I come back out, we get in the car, and I just drive off. And I, this has never happened to me before, but I heard this cling. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh my no. goodness. And I look back and sure enough, I had driven off. I, like, oh, and it's shoot. funny, in my mind, in the store, I was like, oh, she's probably gonna get, she's yeah, probably yeah, gonna yeah. finish up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're a team, you know, like, and she, she normally mm -hmm, does this stuff, yeah. but she was actually, something was going on at yeah. home with our kids, so she was running out. Oh, so geez. I drove off and cling and, <laughs> You know, I'm so thankful that Circle K has these like compression fittings to where it was yep. absolutely no problem at all. Everybody's nodding your head like you've done that before. I have. I have. It was my I first have, time. Not. I did it I once. I did it once. It was my I first time, <laughs> and I was just like, "What am I doing?" And then it was so funny because then we, I put the thing. I just like laid the thing down, <laughs> and I, the guy looked out at me, and I was like this, and he was like, "Yeah," because he had all these people, and I was like, "Just that," and yeah. he's like, "Yeah," you know. Yeah. And so then I just drove out, and then like I hit a curb when I was driving oh out, and God. I was just like, "It's all going." Down. This it's is like the down. worst day. Like I'm totally yeah. messing up, yeah. and my yeah. wife's just laughing at me because you know, obviously, we're already together. Yes, um, yeah, but, yeah. But if it was the first date, she never would have dated me. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I don't, I don't, I wasn't necessarily in a hurry, but I was just, I was, you know, I was Space. just spacing. Yes. I was yeah. like, I, I had this idea of getting to the game. Mm. I wasn't really kind of taking the steps or whatever. But yeah. I don't know. I thought, I thought that no, was no, but the presence so part. Yeah, yeah, the part yeah. you missed that. And just the, in a hurry yeah, in a and hurry, things present, going wrong yeah. and you're failing all the time. And yet the Lord's just there yeah. smiling and saying, hey, it's yeah. all right, man. Yes. Good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, what were some of the, did we get to some of the nuggets that you were hoping yeah. to get out, but hadn't Well, quite, it's funny because it brings ones. up, you, you, you mentioned advocate. And it's yeah. so funny, a little behind the scenes in our conversation was we talked a lot about uh, intercessor versus advocate and what's mm -hmm. the difference. Because yeah. it's a very subtle difference. Mm -hmm. And even the week after I preached the message, David and I were still having conversation <laughs> like, what is that difference? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in, in my sermon, I was really careful. This is just a little bit of maybe mm -hmm. inside baseball, but I was really careful not to say the word advocate. Because <laughs> yeah. it's so easy to say he's interceding, he's in between, mm -hmm. you know, God and man. Yeah. He's, advocate like it's mm -hmm. so easy to make that mm -hmm. jump you yeah. know um but to be able to take a step back and we could talk about it a little bit i love i love the what you said mm -hmm. in terms of the difference between advocate and intercessor and then david brought out mark buckley of course had a really great insight into that but yeah um for me it was really a brand new idea when i read that book um that jesus is praying for his people mm -hmm. that he's mm -hmm. interceding for his people because um, we tend to think of, okay, you know, the atonement on the cross. We just celebrated mm. that with Easter. We get that. Theologically, it like seals itself up. It's, it buttons up. Great. Awesome. Uh, we understand that he saved us. We understand that he's coming back. He's mm -hmm. very clear on that. Things are going to be set right. You know, every, our theme for Easter was God was, you know, it was finished on the cross, but he's not done yet. Uh, so we know that there's still this completion that he has to pull everything together. Um, but for me, it's that moment of stepping back and going, but what is Jesus doing right now? Mm. What's he doing right now? Is he just sitting at the right hand of the Father, just twiddling his thumbs, waiting to come back? And um, that verse in Hebrews 7, that he, ad he always lives to, to intercede for his people, mm -hmm was this kind of brand new idea for me. Crazy. And I, you know, gentle and lowly really pulled that out. And mm -hmm. there was that quote, and I can't remember what uh, theologian it is, it's in my notes, and, but, uh, but basically said, if you knew all the things that you're going through in your life, 
if you knew that Jesus was praying for you, if you could hear him praying for you in the other room, mm -hmm. what would that do for you? And he said something like, there's no mountain I couldn't climb. Yeah. Like there's nothing I could, like I'd be fearless if I knew that Jesus was praying for me in the other room. Mm -hmm. And for me, it just highlighted how much I always feel like my prayer life is falling short mm -hmm. how I feel like I need to be praying more or I need better insight into what to pray for. And um, and there's people in my life that have really taught me a lot about prayer and intercession, and it's beautiful and wonderful. And But this gracious, again, that the goodness of God to wash over you and go, when you don't know what to pray, that's okay. Jesus is praying for you. He's interceding for you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that was, that was just a fun thing. Fun is maybe not the word. It was a, a really liberating thing, I think, mm -hmm. for me to unpack uh, and know that even when I fall short in prayer, that Jesus is praying for us. And, but I think some of the things I didn't get to get to is uh, Romans. Um, Paul talks about the Spirit intercedes mm. for mm. us. There's mm -hmm. um, with groanings. You know, there's that verse. I think it's Romans five or eight, somewhere in there. Um, and I started thinking, okay, the, the Holy Spirit is also interceding for us. And those moments where for prayer in my life, there's been those moments where I really don't have anything in terms of words to bring, but just groaning before the Lord. And I don't know if you guys have been in that place, but you're like, I have nothing to say here. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to come up with some eloquent word or some Holy Spirit insight to like blast the enemy. You know, I just, I don't know what to do, but to just groan before the Lord. And um, this idea of intercession, this idea of prayer, um, I felt like I wanted to unpack even more because it begs the question, if Jesus is interceding for us, what is prayer? You know, mm -hmm. is it just bringing your, all right, Lord, I got five things I really need you to do for me today. You know, no, it's, it's something so much deeper than that. And um, I got a, a, an email from Daniel Riccio, uh, who is... Uh, just an integral part of our church. Mm -hmm. And we, we always send sermon notes to him whenever we're doing things. Cause it's, he's mm -hmm. like, a, he's got a photographic memory. He's unbelievable. And I always know if I send Daniel something, he's going to send me some, some nugget back. That's amazing. And um, like a whole, a giant nugget. Of, yes. Yeah. Really, talk about like, having man, this like slowly read. I this read. before I started? Yeah. And he's just amazing. And yeah. he sent me back this thing and it, it was pretty mind blowing. But uh, in Isaiah, uh, 56 when uh, when God's talking about my house will be a house of prayer uh, before that he mentions I'm just gonna actually read it because I've got it queued up here um, he says I will bring these to my holy mountain I will make them joyful in my house of prayer their burnt sacrifices uh, their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples or all nations um, and Daniel said that first part that he's referencing, uh, that he's referencing my house will be a house of prayer. He said, it's, uh, this is straight from Daniel. This is not me. Uh, he said, it's the, in the original language, it's the pronomial suffix, first common singular. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Which we all knew. Yeah, I yeah mean, of course. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, obviously, but basically what he says is that God says this will be a house of my prayer it's a like a possessive like it's him that's praying which is a weird which is a weird thing right it's like we've got a singular god this is like singular god saying i'm going to be praying in this house mm. well who is he praying to 
And Daniel and I started going back and forth on text. And uh, basically, to me, it's like this, this real beautiful reference to the Trinity. Mm. It's this idea of communal connection with God. And so when you start to think about just this big idea of what is prayer, uh, really deep down, it's this communal connection with God that we get to walk in and that the Trinity is displaying for us, even back in Isaiah, mm-hmm. that there is this communal aspect to God. And I wanted to, I'm like, I, yeah, again, I'm already going off on a tangent mm-hmm. that I'm like, I don't know if I can bounce my <laughs> way back into it. But that was something that as I was reading is like, okay, this is not just this one verse in Hebrews. There is precedent throughout the Bible of, of, of prayer happening inside of the Trinity, whether it's the Holy Spirit interceding on our behalf, whether it's Jesus interceding on our behalf, or this reference back to Isaiah. So that's, that's a little nugget that, yeah. again, maybe just is more of a personal revelation mm-hmm. for me of going, wow, I never thought of that. And that it has reference back to Isaiah was really pretty mind blowing for me, so yeah. Yeah, and that kick to go, yeah, that's why the Olden Testament is important. Like there's, yes. you know, there's been over the last, whatever, five or 10 years where people are like, I don't think we need the Old Testament. Like, what? Yes. What are you talking yeah. about? You know, like, so I, I think those those passages too are like, no, it's so important. Like this has been yes. modeled, not just in the New Testament with Jesus, but like all throughout the, that's why yes. you brought in, you are like, dude, like, well, let's start in the Old Testament first yes. before we get into the New Testament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love that, that you started there. And yes. I thought, so so why did you decide to start there? That's a great question. Because yeah. well, that didn't that wasn't in the book. It wasn't in the book. <laughs> well, yeah. good, good, I mean, actually, it actually wasn't. It was, but, but, um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that till later. Yeah. But, but good. Well, I mean, when I think of good God, obviously, I mean, the paramount portion of scripture for sure the life of christ but then specifically with those words is is exodus 34 mm-hmm. where where moses says god can i see you can i see your glory and god said yes i'll let my goodness pass before mm-hmm. you so like the glory of god is his goodness and so that that's where i wanted to go and that's exodus 33 and that's just such fun passages there where where the name of god is being more fully revealed the substance of God is being revealed. Moses and, and God are, are getting closer, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, and so that that was fun to start off that way and then to tie that about, you know, the times in my family's life, in particular when we've gone on mission sure. and seen the goodness of God show up in those areas. Mm-hmm. And then, but then the next, you know, so I, I, it was funny because then I was like, what am I gonna do next? <laughs> and then I was like, well, Exodus 34 is where the name of God actually is put on display mm-hmm. where he actually he defines it not i am that i am but now you know he there's there's meat to that um and and so the the big part there was the mercy and the compassion and the love and the faithfulness but he also you know is, is punishing the wicked and mm-hmm. so i just wanted to jump right into that to kind of set a tone for now now we get to see jesus who is the 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 living human you know form description example or as hebrew says he's the exact representation Mm. of the father you know in bodily form and so then you know intercession and all Mm -hmm. this and i i so appreciated the way you the way you kind of frame that is like okay we know what jesus has done we talk about it a lot we know what jesus is going to do we dream about it a lot in Mm -hmm. some ways Mm. but what is he doing right now that was just a really helpful way to then dive into these specific things which which are there in the new testament um, but they don't get a lot of airtime. And I think that's what the, the Dane Ortland guy was trying to say is like, 
hey, these, there's some depth to some of these little things. We say, oh yeah, he intercedes for us. And then we move right on. Mm-hmm. But he's like, hold on, let's dive into this and see what that really means. So, so that, but that's why, I mean, I think the Old Testament gives us a picture oftentimes of New Testament principles. Yeah. And so to just realize that this is God from the beginning, this isn't, you know, some new phase or new evolved Mm -hmm. or modern version of Mm -hmm. who God is. No, this has always been the way he is. Mm -hmm. And this is just, you know, Christ was that full (laughs) revelation. Interesting time. I heard a comedian say that the Old Testament is the bad Bible and the New Testament (laughs) is the good Bible, you know, like, but then, you know, when you bring that Exodus 33 passage out, you're like, no, that's this is who I am. Yes. You know, you're like, yeah. whoa, you know, yeah. because I think people go, why do we have the Old Testament? All yeah. this, you know, God's like after it seems like he's after and then you start mm-hmm. reframing all that in the goodness and yeah. the mercy and you go, huh, maybe mm-hmm. I need to rethink all that, you know, and yeah. then Jesus is the fulfillment, the mm-hmm. the flesh of that. Um, and that goes, wow. Oh, yeah. now this is how it all works together. So I think like if you're somebody who's kind of sitting in a pew week in and week out and you just come and hear sermons that are just kind of yanked out of, of scripture yes, sometimes, yeah. you miss that full reality. Mm-hmm, yeah. And that's like, uh, hopefully it's like, dig into that, you yeah, know? Yeah. They're two, it's the same story, you know? Yes. It's the same story, dig well, into that. And that revelatory moment mm-hmm. of, Lord, show me your glory. I love when you talk about burning bush God and mm-hmm. that like, and you, uh, you did such a good job of pulling out the vulnerability of Moses because he's gotta be feeling like just because you hear a voice out of a burning bush isn't like a oh now I know God's with me and yeah. I can do anything. It's probably a very weird thing for mm. him, and he's going up yeah. against all the things I grew up learning about. This seems so small, you know. And he's going, "Show me your glory." Yeah. And for us, it's glorious power mm. and strength and might, and I'm going to destroy my enemies. And God does talk about those things, but. That, that kind of bait and switch moment yeah. where he goes, yeah, I'll show you my glory. I'll let my goodness pass before yeah. you. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so, so beautiful. It's like, wow, yeah. so powerful. Your goodness, your yeah. goodness. It's your glory. It could have like, been what? anything. Yes. yes, and that's your goodness, wow. Yeah. I think it's so heartbreaking that people have that perspective on the Old Testament. And I, I, yeah. it's, it's always funny for me to even hear that, right? Because yeah. David is my youth pastor from seventh grade, more or less on. <laughs> um, and he loves the Old Testament, you know? So yes. I'm like, it's, there are people who don't love the Old Testament. Oh. They're, I don't know what they're missing. It was Jesus' yeah. Bible. Yeah, it was. it's a pretty good yes. stuff. I mean, but, just fun fact. Yeah, fun fact. <laughs> that yeah. was the Bible that Jesus read. It's pretty, yes. it's pretty valuable, yeah. and it's full of beautiful things. But I, I remember having this moment um, a couple of years ago. I was, uh, uh, my wife and I, we were in Southeast Asia doing some South, some anti-trafficking ministry, and one of the things that we were doing during that year uh, was I got to teach English class uh, to the women in the safe house who had mm. come out of trafficking, um, and it turned out to be one of the most valuable things that I've ever done. I mean, for, I could see what the Lord was doing in these women in that space, but also just what I learned from that. And so it was uh, me and uh, another Western uh, young woman. And then, uh, and then these two women, uh, you know, that woman was on staff and these two women who were in the safe house. And, uh, and in English, we decided we would go through uh, the book of, well, the book of Genesis and the message translation, mm-hmm. just try to go through and kind of get two for one, right? So we'd mm-hmm. tell a story and the message, and we'd pull out, you know, vocabulary they didn't know and play silly games with that vocabulary later on. Mm-hmm. But, and we'd kind of kill two or three birds with one stone. 
Um, and so we're going through the book of Genesis and what you don't realize when you read through the book of Genesis until you're reading through it with two women who've recently escaped, you know, a lot of sexual mm. abuse is that the book of Genesis is profoundly scandalous. Mm. Yes. Like every freaking story, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, page one, they're yeah. running around naked yeah. and then, yes. and then, you know, yeah. there's some murder going on and then it's like, there's Noah and he's passed out drunk. And, yes. and, and yeah. I remember going through that story and one of the women, you know, picked up on something that a lot of people don't yeah. Necessarily pick up on that. It may have been because we were reading the the message, and I think Eugene Peterson, Peterson cues in on this. But that mm. Ham, there was probably some sexual abuse that took place mm. in the story of mm. you know with Ham and with Noah passed out. Yeah. Um, and she, I mean, she just said, that, you know, did 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 Ham do something to mm. his dad? And I said, well. Hmm. Gosh, like you're the first person I've ever heard read this story for, but for her, yeah. it's obviously, of mm. course, it would. And you realize mm. contextually when you pull it out of your Sunday school understanding of that story, yes, uh, yeah. you know, and then you move on, and it's like Abraham, you know, and then Lot and his daughters, Hagar. you know, getting him, you know, and <laughs> and, and yeah. I remember I think it was when we were reading the story of Hagar. Well, every time we would read one of those stories, I would throw all these qualifiers at it, <laughs> yeah, and I would say, like, let me soften well, this for you just yeah, a little bit because I'm just terrified. In. These women have just recently come to the mm, Lord, yes. you know, and I'm like, what's gonna happen? when they read how messed up these stories are, you know? Yeah. And it was at the time we got to Abraham and Hagar, one of those stories involving mm. her, you know, where she's, I'd mm -hmm. say, arguably, you know, uh, assaulted. Mm. Um, certainly wasn't, uh, at, at best, you could call it a power dynamic mm. imbalance, right? What's going on there? And then she's abandoned, you know, and... Um, and, and by Abraham, mm, right? Like, the the, the, yeah, the patriarch, the, the father of Israel, right? Mm, the good guy in the mm. story, you know? And so I'm trying to explain, like, you know, just because the people in the Bible do it doesn't mean the Bible's, you know, saying mm. that this is a good thing. It's not mm. It's not a story mm. where we're meant to emulate everything they do. It's, yeah. We're focusing on what God does here. Yeah. And one of the women stops me in the middle of that, and she says, Alec, I don't think you understand what the story means to me. Mm. And I said, well, what do you mean? And she said, well... Well, I think it's a really, really good story. She said, God, Abraham did this, right? And I said, yeah. And she said, and God used him, didn't mm. he? And I said, yeah. And then and she said, so he'll use me. Mm. Wow. And I, you know, I was yes. like, yes, was all I had to say yeah. to that. Because in my mind, I'm thinking she sees herself only in Hagar's shoes. Mm. You know, in my mind, you know, she's the woman who's been abused and trafficked and all this kind of stuff. And and in her mind, she's Abraham and Hagar hmm. because I only see her through the lens of you've been wronged. But hmm. she knows that in those dark places that she she has shame and guilt that yes. some of which is not deserved and some of which she knows and she may be the only one who knows is is deserved. I would never say that to her. You know sure. what I mean? I, you know, I want to spend the rest of my relationship and friendship with her untying that shame mm -hmm. and guilt. But like, she knows that she did wrong things, mm -hmm. and uh, and she then went on to do uh, a search through the whole Bible of all of the abused mm -hmm. women and all the prostitutes in the Old Testament. And when she was telling me about that, I thought this book was written for prostitutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, like. Yeah. Like this book, it means over and over and over mm -hmm. in, in the Bible. Mm -hmm. There are multiple prostitutes in the lineage of Jesus. Sure, and, yeah. and, and obviously, I don't mean that necessarily literally, but I think the Bible was aiming low. Yes. You know, yeah. and by mm -hmm. aiming to the lowest. Well, I, yeah, it's you funny know? you say yeah. that because that's the part that, I mean, I would have loved to have spent a ton of time. But in Matthew mm -hmm. 11, where he goes, thank you. Thank you that you have not revealed this to the powerful, mm. to the not, you, you, that you've revealed this to the childlike. Yes. Which is right before the right gentle before and lowly Right before the passages. gentle and lowly. And yeah. it was like, that it was like, 
Oh, this is the whole yes. story. You know, so it makes sense exactly what you're saying. This yes. is all. Why is it that people are missing it? Well, because mm -hmm. you're you're not gentle and lowly yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You're not broken. You're not. You're. You don't think you're independent. You know, yes. you're, you're sufficient for yourself. I don't. I don't need God. Yes. I don't need Jesus's intervention. Yeah. Well, no wonder we're all wound up. No wonder mm -hmm. we're all tired. Yeah. You know. And so he's like, because you don't get it. Yes. You don't understand. But get. You know who gets it prostitute gets it mm -hmm. who's been rescued and and she feels the fullness and wholeness of that love mm -hmm. and care and mercy you know yes. she gets it the children children get it yeah. you know those who are able to look at their sin lord jesus we need to be talking more about sin you know mm -hmm. and because yeah. if we can't talk about sin good friday makes no sense yes. it just yeah. makes no sense at all but yeah. when we kind of get to that place of going like no we gotta talk about this mm. we gotta deal with that stuff because people who feel that have gone i meet with people who you know are new in their faith and you do you got you all do too yeah. and i get this kickback all the time man i wish i had been a christian as long as you've been a christian mm -hmm. and i'm like no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no and i don't yeah. i mean i don't feel bad for being a, but there is a freshness yes. and aliveness and energy the mm -hmm. worship is like that song yeah and they're yeah. you know and they're yeah. and the scriptures are coming alive and yes. and it's like there's a real dependency like i need the lord i need him to speak to me i need him to care for me and yeah. and i'm i like i'm just honestly so kind of holy jealousy you know about where you're at in your walk right now yes. and i'm like how do i get back to that place you yeah. know how do i resonate with a prostitute who goes like whoa you see the goodness of god here mm -hmm. and that's something that we were trying to be real yeah. careful of from the very beginning yes. is the phrase good god right? yes 100 percent. oh god is good you hear that all the time and again mm -hmm there's it's never not right no it's always mm -hmm. the right thing to say but sometimes it can feel so trite and it can almost feel like gross yeah yeah to just be like oh but god is good when it's like yeah but <laughs> i feel like you're saying that to try and put a band-aid on my pain mm. yes and and you're not acknowledging my pain yeah. yeah and so from the very beginning i remember that was a big part of what we were trying to do is say hey this is not us trying to pretend there is no pain and mm -hmm. evil and agony in our yes. world um, this is a this is a deliberate choice by a community yeah. to say okay we're going to acknowledge and realize there is all of this before our eyes all mm -hmm. the time especially as we're getting in i mean i think we started well, that was your first one same, yes. the same yeah. when yeah. when ukraine was in yeah your first yeah. one was right yeah. after so ukraine. it was like yeah. we're not this is not this is not a pretending or trying not to you know, engage in society's pain. That's a big part of what our community is about. But this is a deliberate choice for the next few, you know, weeks or months to turn our eyes towards mm. the goodness of God, you know, yes. to look to the hills from where our help comes from. Mm. And just to, and just to saturate ourselves in the gospel and the good news and all of those things so that we can strengthen ourselves for the day of opposition. Yes. And so that, but that was, that's a really important factor that you guys are both bringing out is the goodness of God you know, it it's it's something that is somehow intertwined with, you know, the evil yes. that is in our world. Yeah. And and the, the promise is that it wins out, but the reality is we're still we're still a work in progress. It only has depth, I think, it when it's it contrasted, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's I mean it I think about that every Good Friday and Easter. It's like the thing that gives Easter so much power is the contrast and of the darkness of Good Friday. Um, and I think, not that I want to talk about this because I know we're, we're about to dive into it so much, but we've been studying Job a lot. And uh, one of the heresies that's in Job, because Job is one of those funny books where it's like you read through it and you go, 
I I agree with all that stuff. Like if you highlight the stuff you agree yeah. with, you're like, I agree with all of this. And it worked out. And it worked out. Hey. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one one of the the heresies was was not what Job's helpers, which they're not very helpful, um, uh, or comforters. Um, one of the things they don't acknowledge, and it's 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 not what they say, but it's what they don't say. They don't acknowledge an enemy at all. Mm. They don't acknowledge Satan at all. They're just trying to put things together in terms of if I do good, then good will happen to me because God is good, you know. Um, but it, it just reminds me of that that passage in in, in Luke 22. That was one of the, the main things for me on, on my message when I came back around on it. And there's a very Job moment that happens where, where Jesus turns to Peter and calls him Simon, which is his old mm. name, which I think is, awesome. again, a, 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 I would have loved to have gone off on that tangent, but, <laughs> but I won't. But um, he, he kind of refers to his old nature and he says, Satan has, has come to me and asked me to, to sift you like wheat. Mm. And it's a very Job moment of mm. Satan coming to Jesus going, hey, that guy, I want him. I want, I, your, I want, boy. I want your boy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Jesus goes, but I've prayed for you that your faith won't fail. Mm. And I think yes. where um, we, I think where we get into that sort of like candy coated, yeah, God's good, it's all great, right? Just take this pill, it'll be awesome, you know? We, we don't acknowledge that there's an enemy, we don't acknowledge that there's evil, and you, you talk so much about it for Easter, there's evil that we've done. Mm -hmm. There's evil that has been done against us. Mm -hmm. Both of them have things we need to work through. Um, but we have to acknowledge that to understand the goodness of God with roots, you know, mm -hmm. not, not the surface level, God's good, everything's gonna work out great, mm -hmm. um, but truly understanding that in the midst of an enemy trying to come up against us and in the midst of a world that's completely fallen, we serve a good God, though the world around us is not good, you know? And we have to be able to, to put those together in a meaningful way, you know, so. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the things I'm most resonating right now, even in my study and even in my thinking and praying and quiet is like, Jesus is not telling me to not be human. Yes. Mm. Like he's telling me to be present in my pain. Like mm. Jesus was present in his pain. You know, he's standing, you know, I have this very vivid uh, moment that I come to a lot. It's kind of, I would say, kind of a centering moment. Like, and it's just hanging out with Jesus on top of that hill after Palm mm. Sunday, looking over Jerusalem and just weeping. Yeah. Because it brings so much conflict to me mm. initially. Because I'm like, what are you... What are you crying up here for? You're gonna yeah. you're gonna go die and resurrect. It's gonna be great, you know. But he was feeling the full weight of humanity, yeah. feeling full weight of rejection, mm -hmm. feeling full weight yes. all of it. And he's going, I am present in my humanity. I'm not trying to escape out of here, which is so culturally speaking, right now, it's what everyone's trying to do. Yes. How, you know, I ascend to whatever I feel, and that mm. because I feel it makes it right. Yes. Buddhism sounds so good oh, right now, doesn't it? <laughs> if you can just escape, escape, yes. escape the 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 division, escape the you know mm, people yeah. around you, escape the pain within yes. you, escape you know all of these. I mean that that's the, the promise of Buddhism is you, if you do enough you yeah. know meditation, if you do enough of these practices, you can kind of, you can escape yeah. Yeah. reality. Yeah. You can escape the pain. Mm -hmm. And that the, the way of Jesus is the, the we're going straight into, into the pain yeah. and we're going to insert 
the goodness of God there and see what wins. Yeah. Exactly. Eventually, yeah. over time, yeah. in the yeah. Because yeah. why would Jesus so weep over Lazarus? Why? He knew he was yeah, going to exactly. raise him from the dead. He's yeah. entering into the pain with everybody else. You yeah. know. I was like, and I don't beautiful. know what to do with a God who cries. Yeah. yeah. Like that I don't. Son of Suffering song yeah. on Good Friday. Oh, yes. man. The God who weeps and the God who bleeds. Yeah. What yeah. kind remember, of God is this? I remember when I was a freshman in high school. I was at an anthropology mm. class and we had a sub come in. We were doing a unit on world religions. And I remember the sub saying, um, you know, Christianity uh, is, he was saying something to the effect of, I don't like Christianity because it is, it is in some ways the darkest religion, mm. you know, uh, in some way, you know, it's like, I mean, they, you worship someone who was, you know, he's on a cross hanging yes. up there dying, you know, and it's, and it's there's so much, story. there's it's so much sanitary. pain involved. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, there's such, there's truth to that. And mm but also like open your eyes and look at the world around you you know yes. like the the Christ, the christian worldview is the only religious or you know mm -hmm. religious worldview or worldview that's religious that says it's not religious uh, yeah. it's the only worldview period that does that holds intention the reality of humanity yeah. the reality of that there is pain and suffering and wrong and evil but there is joy and goodness and the reality that we are stuck in the hole but yeah. it also offers us a way out of the hole mm. and the reality that there is there is a beautiful and a perfect and a holy and there is a knowable god um and 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 we can we can engage in relationship and yes. it's the only worldview that offers all of that every worldview if you dive in like you know buddhism you know like you're saying like oh this beautiful escape and serenity that's that's wonderful mm. but what do you do when that's not possible <clears throat> You know, mm -hmm. or other, or 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 religions. Um, that you know, is so self-serving. Like, what, yes. what do you do? And yeah. oh, you found serenity, but what <laughs> yes. about all the people around you? Like, yes. like you escaped them. Yes. That, I mean, I, well, and again, yeah. I, I get how it sounds good. Oh. But first of all, yeah, it's it's not it's not reality. And then mm -hmm. the second thing is, it's just so self-serving. One hundred percent. And when you don't confront sin, like you were saying, it's like this. It's a very shallow form of hope. And that's what's so hard. Like you look at culture right now and, and they're going the opposite way where they're like, everything is right and everything mm -hmm. is good. Whatever you feel, whatever, whatever you feel, yeah. it's whatever all everything, good. It's, everything's great. Yeah. But deep down, we know it's not true. Mm -hmm. And they can plumb the depths of everything that sin could, could quote, give them, but it just creates more and more darkness. And Nathan on our staff, he said this a while ago. He said, but you know, 2020, one of the good things was, was people were alone with themselves for mm -hmm. a long time. And he said, you know, a lot of the, the kind of church culture where we go, hey, you're awesome. God loves you. He's got the best for you. Like, you know, he goes, people are coming back to, to church and they're hearing that message and they're like, I know I'm not good. Like, I just spent a year by myself. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm dark and I need help. Tell me what to do. Like, I need help. And without confronting, and even confronting isn't the word diving into understanding of the depths and the darkness of sin that exists in, in, in all of us and understanding that there is that darkness that happens, the goodness of God is just this shallow exactly. thing. If we go, hey, but all that stuff's like kind of okay too, you know, but then God's even better than that. There's no, there's no contrast, but deep down the, the human soul understands the darkness and depravity that's over here and the goodness and the light that's over here. And we have to be able to talk about them because that goodness and light without the contrast of that mm. is meaningless. It yeah, really and is. I think people are done with lollipop Christianity. Yes. You know, like yeah. this little girl that's got these little, you know, and she's got this big lollipop <laughs> and she's going down the street with her balloon and like everyone's done with that version or that version <laughs> of Christianity is kind of going away. And you've got a 
millennial culture, which I'm a big fan of, sure. who's just going, time out, this, yeah. is, this is not real. This yeah. is not fit. This does not reflect. It's not the, working. It's yeah, not working. It's not working. And it doesn't yes. reflect the world we're living in because yeah. they're kind of awakening us to going, you know, I mean, I went through 9-11, you know, mm. Berlin Wall. I remember that. I remember as yeah. a kid hiding under my desk because the Russians were going to, you know, yes. send over nuclear bombs to blow us up. Like mm. I grew up in that world. Well, for them, this whole thing that we've been through is the most tragic thing that they've been through. Yeah. And they're like, that. God doesn't match yeah because you've been telling me like everything's gonna be great it's all gonna work out you just have to follow jesus just yes. you know and they're going like this isn't real this yes. is what the gospel doesn't matter because they're going what we're really saying is i don't know what to do with the humanity of jesus the suffering of jesus i don't yes. know what to do with that we got to get past that story get to resurrection yep. and i think that's what you're saying like yes, what we're really going like is look how human jesus was yeah. look how he suffered Look that he came, God came to us. Yes. He didn't have to do that. I mean, he could have yeah. figured out a whole nother way to, and he yes. was like, no, I wanna be with you in this. I wanna yes. suffer with you in this. And yeah. why can he advocate for us? Because he's been there. Why does yeah. he intercess for us? Because he knows how much we need yes. prayer. Yeah, right? absolutely. You know, and how, how, how exhausted are you of people that come up to you and go, I, you know, and it's a Christian way to end a conversation. I'll pray for you. And yeah. I wanna be like, bull. Yeah. I don't yeah, think yeah. you are. I yeah, want to yeah. say it. I yeah. feel it. And to know like Jesus for sure. Jesus yeah. doesn't do that. Jesus is true to his word and he's going to be yeah. that for us. So yes. he is that. Why? Because he came and he knows and he empathizes and he yeah. and his yeah. heart breaks. And what does he do? He just pro proactively continues to serve us mm. in the heavenly realms. And then the mm. spirit of God is mm. with us. Yes. So I, I, I sent you guys that quote is like in, infinite uh, incarnation mm. that for me was like life-giving yeah. this week to the idea of like incarnation wasn't that just Jesus came he walked among us yeah. died resurrected is in heaven his yeah. that incarnation is still with us right now through the yes. Spirit of God I'm like that means he's a good God like yes. how good how gracious how kind and I think maybe I have felt little pictures of this throughout my I think my walk with the Lord but I feel like I'm finally like coming to some sense of like that peace that comes from yeah. really believing that like I'm not being inebriated by some lollipop Christianity mm. like I feel it mm. I feel my depravity I feel the sin but I feel his mercy and yes. I'm like man I, I that's exciting for me that's yeah. it that feels like you need both right yeah. you know there's oh, like the totally. people that show up at church and they know the darkness that they're going through mm they're already convinced that they're, they're a dark, dark, depraved person and they're going, gosh, if I could just mm. clean up a little bit, then I'll come to God. And mm. we've all talked to people like that, like, yeah, you know, I'm just in a dark place right now and I'll come back to God when I get out of it. And you're like, yeah. no, <laughs> no, 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 like, don't wallow in that, don't stay there. Jesus is gonna be with you in that and walk you out. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I always say it's, so. it's not, Jesus is, is not saying get clean and come to me, he's saying come to me and I'll get you clean. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I love that uh, with this series that it kept going into, there felt like there could have been a natural break at Easter. Yeah. Uh, but same. then upon further reflection, we said, well, let's, it, it, it should really be included. Easter yes. should be included in this series. Yeah. Um, and I loved even just where we landed and where you ended it up, right? Yeah. Of this, this, this message of, you know, it is finished, but he's not yet. Um, I'm wondering, David, if you could talk a little bit about that. I mean, because even it was it was a unique take, right? Because it wasn't the Easter, the the obligatory Easter message. You know, yeah. it, you, you didn't, you, you barely even touched that. Yeah. But you went into the reality of this, 
like, you know, now but not yet, like it's finished, but he's still working, that what is Jesus doing now uh, kind of stuff. So I'm just wondering if there's more in that or even just uh, if there's not more nuggets out of that, but like what brought you to that place to say, let's do this thing that, you know, we're not supposed to do on Easter. Well, I don't know why, but I mean, we planned Easter before we even got into the sermon series, at least some of our initial Mm -hmm. ideation. And, uh, And the whole idea of theodicy was something that was just it was just there <laughs> and it was like okay and i remember when we which which the odyssey for anybody who's not tracking with with big fancy word right is is how is god good in the face of yeah. evil mm-hmm. and tension and yes. brokenness yeah. yeah yeah and and you know that was we just kind of put it there on the table and it was like <laughs> i don't i don't know if we should even try to take this on mm-hmm. because it is just such a deep i mean for all of human history there's there's this this challenge between can God be really good mm. when there's so much evil mm. in the world yes. and and so that that's this this crash that that to try and to try and do that on an Easter Sunday feels foolish in some mm. ways because it's like you really think you're gonna clean that up in one little twenty <laughs> yeah. minute talk yeah. or whatever yeah. um, and yet you know. We, we felt like there was just kind of there. And then as we did Good God and you introduced God in Exodus 34, you have full of compassion, forgiveness, love, mm-hmm. all these things, yet punishes the wicked. And so you have this, even in that, you have a little bit of this reality of the, the, the nature of God and the kind of razor blade edge between mercy and judgment that is fully there, but fully good on both sides. The substance mm-hmm. of that mountain mm-hmm. that peaks between those two is goodness. Yeah. And the peak of that is the cross, you know, where those two rivers, the mercy and justice of God, come crashing into one river that provides the healing for the nations. I mean, that's, mm. that's, the, that's the theodicy. And, and yet, you know, I remember saying the only answer I ever feel comfortable even like whispering into the, the, the area of theodicy is, well, the story's not over yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So how can, the, how can God be good when you, we see so much evil? Well, this, the story's not over yet. Yeah. And so then that was a matter of, okay, you know, bringing in the idea that Jesus is still working and he's working on us. That was, you know, Philippians 1, Paul says, I'm confident of this, that he who yeah. began a good work complete. will complete it to the extent mm-hmm. where you'll say, that was good. Yes. That yeah. was really good. And you'll say it about your own existence which is really incredible because mm. of the evil that's been done to you and the mm-hmm. evil you've done yes but we'll be able to say it about every single thing like the angels say righteous and true are every mm. one of your judgments um even though that they were saying that in the midst of the tribulation and revelation where mm. all hell's literally breaking loose on earth um but it, but so that was that that was kind of all those things just kept like pushing towards that moment and then with the idea of it is finished dot 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 like it's finished but but the story isn't over yet um Mm. he dealt the blow to evil but yet we're he still hasn't you know basically done what he earned the right to do um and that's acts chapter three where one day jesus is going to return and he's going to restore everything and Mm. those phrases of like what tim keller put together with lord of the rings everything sad will come untrue Mm. which is enough Mm -hmm. to kind of make you like I want to believe that. Mm. You know, I, I want to believe that. But then he adds, and somehow be better for having once been broken. Mm. Yes, and then it's yeah. just like, what kind of goodness are we dealing with? Mm. Like, if that, yes. if that can really be true, mm. then all of a sudden theodicy 
it, it's not it's not such a challenge mm-hmm. if that can be really true and so you know easter sunday we mm-hmm. we started at the beginning and the tohu vabohu mm-hmm. and how god made good out of that and then we went to joseph which joseph's the perfect mm-hmm. story because it's got it's got it's got the beginning it's got the challenge it's got the ups and downs and then yeah. it's got the actual dawning where when 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 that goodness when the story when there had been enough time on that particular thing joseph was able to weep out mm. loud and that's an interesting like you know yeah. he got to the top of the prison he got to the top of being in potiphar's house he's got he got all of these momentary goodness but they didn't make him weep it wasn't mm. until he saw the full reality of how god was using the evil that his brothers did to actually save his brothers mm. and his father's house and all the yes. things he cares dearest about mm. and uh, and by the way to fast forward is like but also save israel Yes. So, yes. Much more. Yes. So, <laughs> so much more. Yeah, so much more. Yeah. Joseph that's, that's would what, even That's what people said, don't realize. Sure. It, it and, wasn't just. And that we'd be yeah. preaching Joseph's life exactly. on an Easter Sunday. Exactly. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of yes. years removed. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. that the story, I mean, it, like the goodness mm. is just continues on. <laughs> yes. But yeah. that's, that's where it all just kind of came together into this Easter moment, which again, then looking at Easter Sunday is the greatest evil that humanity had ever done, crucifying mm. the anointed one, you know, yeah. the, yeah. the Christoph. Mm. Um, and yet God taking that and turning that into the salvation for everyone. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's most the kind of unjustified death bringing justification. Yeah. yeah. Well, Dalton yeah. and I were talking this week about how it's the archetype for every story. Mm-hmm. It's the archetype for it's every, the hope of every it's heart. It's the hope yes. of every, every heart. story. You start with that and everybody's like, please, Lord. Yep. Please it's the archetype of every story. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. how Je- that's how Jesus that's how C.S. Lewis came to Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Him mm-hmm. and then that that conversation between him and Tolkien that we all wish we could have listened in on, right? <laughs> yeah. Them talking about, you know, legend and myth and these these themes that come like no matter where on the world you go, you find human beings and this story just comes out of them. Yeah. Right. And then and then supposedly there was a moment when Tolkien says something to the effect, you know, to, to C.S. Lewis of like what if just one time that wasn't just a myth and it really happened mm-hmm. and it overlapped with the reality? What if it actually came out in the human Everything story? Everything else is just an echo, echo. Yeah. Yeah. of yeah. an original. Yeah. 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 It's a beautiful, beautiful reality of like, and again, it's, you know, even, what is it, Ecclesiastes or Proverbs where it says, eternity. God has set eternity in the heart of man. Like, yes. we yes. just can't get away from it. No matter mm. where we go, no matter how far into the bush, no matter what continent, you know what I mean? You get people together and they start talking and thinking. Yep. And Jesus is going to just come out eventually mm. in some format that we're longing for him. Yeah. This quote um, didn't make it in <laughs> to my Easter message, but um, I don't know. It just, it just, it doesn't solve a lot here, but um, Augustine, you know, who was a, mm. a early influential church thinker um, and writer, but he's, he says, God judged it better to bring good out of evil than to suffer no evil to exist. Hmm. Hmm. And again, it doesn't doesn't give us an answer like, you know, Job, but but it just is like, okay. So God thought it was better mm. to bring good out of evil than to make sure there was no evil. 100%. That's my So then so yeah. then we have to sit there and then determine like every single thing is God does God know oh, what he's yeah, doing? Exactly. You know, like, do I know, do I have a better idea mm-hmm. or does God have a better idea? And that, and again, we're, 
the the promise of the scriptures, the good news of the gospel is that one day we're gonna, we're actually gonna fully understand. Oh yeah. yeah. Like it's going to be revealed how how it was better. Yeah. Mm. But that's not necessarily our story now. And that for me, the message on Easter that was most for me, like, and I'm still kind of like like chewing on, I guess, mm -hmm. or getting nourished from, was just the idea that right now in my life, I feel like, you know, I, 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 there's a lot of goodness, right? Like my family is mm -hmm. just, everything's going well. The church things are going well. We're about to go on this mission to Ireland and I, and I feel so good about this. And, you know, someone literally just texted me this morning and said they have a car for us that they mm -hmm. wanna give us. In yeah, Ireland, somebody I've never met, they're like, we heard there's a Christian family coming, and so mm. we wanted to give you this car. It's wow. amazing. And it's just a mechanic guy, and it's, wow. I mean, it's not the nicest car you've ever seen, <laughs> but it's, it'll work, and it's actually big enough for my family, and a wheelchair. Oh, it's, so it's, it's like. You just gotta live in it now. It's, it's unbelievable, <laughs> yeah. 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 And we don't have a house, so that might be where we live. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but anyways, like, the, the goodness of God that just mm. continues and continues and continues to show up. Um, and uh, I don't even remember what I was saying. I was just thinking about this car and living in it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, David. No, I, I love it. But um, I think what I... The biggest challenge you're saying in this season, coming out of Easter, you know, that message oh, for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, You've the thing that was meaning, meaning, most meaningful to me was that I can honestly say, and it's okay for me to say that, that I'm not, I'm not Joseph in chapter 45 or chapter mm, 50. Mm, yeah. I'm Joseph maybe, you know, at the top of the slave <laughs> pool in mm, Potiphar's house. Mm, yes, mm. Yeah. Like I've seen enough goodness of the Lord to say, hey, this is, I'm thankful and I'm grateful and I have to watch my heart because I should be more grateful than I am. Mm. Or maybe I'm the top in the prison, mm. you know, or maybe I'm even, you know, second in command of all of Egypt, but none of those things were the moment where, where something happened mm. in Joseph's mm. soul. Yes. And I can yeah. honestly say like with this, with, you know, I talked about the suicide of my dad. Mm. Um, and then, you know, I didn't bring this up because it's more my daughter's story to tell, but I have a daughter in a wheelchair. And so there's an evil that has taken place, part of this fallen reality that she now, you know, isn't able to walk and yeah. has to deal with yeah. a million things. Mm. But it's like, I'm not at the place where I can say like, Joseph, I get it. Mm. Mm. I can see that the goodness is better than the evil. Mm. However, I'm holding on to that promise. Mm -hmm. and, I'm, I'm, and the resurrection continues to point in that direction. And so I'm gonna keep going towards that mountain. I'm gonna keep climbing that mountain because I wanna see from that view. Mm. But I'm I'm not I'm not there yet. Yeah. And yeah. and that I don't know, what's just comforting for me. Well, you know? and I think yeah. that tension is so important. I think we're always trying to run away from tension. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think, you know, yeah. all throughout the all throughout Jesus' life, there's so much tension there. Yeah. You know, yeah. so much tension there. You know, and so I actually think that at least is honest. I had uh, heard a guy say he was preaching on the Psalms, and it was like, you ever, you ever had somebody preach a message, and you were like, oh, why have I never heard that before? Like, why? And he he was like, uh, in order to be truly human, really truly human, embrace that. We need to learn to protest God, yeah. and we need to learn to praise God. Yes. Like, but if yeah. either one of those get out of balance, yeah. it's mm, bad. Yeah. But keeping those in tension yeah. is is why David's a man after God's own heart. Yes. Yeah. Is we have to learn to protest God, and mm. God is not offended by our protests. Yeah. He's not. Because ironically, I think protesting God brings a vulnerability a oh. little bit, you know. And I love what you brought was vulnerability. Yeah. And the thing that always strikes me about uh, the crucifixion is how how vulnerable would you feel 
Like I just think physically, oh. like I, I, very few of us have ever been tied up genuinely in a mm. violent sort of mm. manner, but how vulnerable would you feel having your arms nailed out like this, you know? And Jesus walking through this, and I just, I think it's, mm. it's, it's showing us what we need in our life. Like you cannot go through life without sort of intense vulnerability at some point, you know? And whether it's sin, talking with, you know, your own personal sin or whatever it is, or just vulnerability and going, God, like you guys are doing, you're stepping out and you're going, I need you to mm. come in and give us a place to stay. I don't <laughs> have any options here. There's that vulnerability that Jesus displayed for us that I think we're all called to walk in. And I think that's what's so, when you're talking about the goodness of God or the darkness and all of those things just bring out this real sense of like, I, I actually don't have as much power as I think. Mm. And there's that real moment where we have to just say vulnerably, Lord, I, I don't know what to do here, you know? And that's one of the things that I so appreciate about our church and yeah. with even Mark Buckley giving us such a foundation mm. of mm. vulnerability and leadership and mm. uh, leaders that spend their whole life avoiding vulnerability. It really shows, you know, at some mm. point it cracks them down and and Mark never displayed that and you've mm. never displayed that. And, and having that sort of vulnerability is vital in understanding the goodness of God. Yeah, and then there's that reality, I mean, as you were talking, I'm like, Jesus is on the cross knowing that God could just change all that. Yes. He could, like, so he resonates with a feeling of, of humanity that goes, why aren't you doing anything? Like, yeah. get me off this cross. My God, my yes. God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah, exactly. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. So he's up there going, you can do something. Like, and you can do something, you can get me off this cross and everybody here can come and know that, you know, he could have done a miracle on that point and everyone be like, oh my gosh, like, but he didn't. Mm. And so he, even Jesus resonates with those feelings of going like, my God, my God, why aren't you doing something? Why aren't you, yes. you know, and I feel that. I yes. feel that deeply. And so it's yeah. like, mm. hey, that's a real thing. Like, the, if we just start making this about a story, the, I was working through, yeah. I was working through on Monday, how quickly we, we just move past Easter and get to Monday. And I was yeah. like, Monday for me felt kind of like, man, I don't know what to do with today. Cause I don't yeah. know if I want to run past and feel like I'm run past it. Like it's just a, yeah. a, a date on a calendar. And I'm like, I don't feel like this is done impacting me, you know? And so mm. even as we're talking, I'm like, yeah. yeah, like I resonate with that. And I'm sure a lot of people resonate with this feeling like, where are you? Why aren't you doing something? Yes. I know you can do something. Yes. I know you can rescue me out of this situation. And we believe in faith. He can do that for people, yes. yeah. but sometimes he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and and what do we do? We we join Jesus in His proclamation of going, "I don't get this, my God, my God, why yes. have you mm -hmm. forsaken me?" Yeah. And and that in some ways goes, that's that's human, that's broken, that's yeah. childlike, that's gentle, that's lowly. Yeah. He's a good God, you yeah. know. Like that, for, I find far far more comfort in that than like some Jesus Christ superstar, yes. you know, who just did and it comes razzles to, and dazzles. You it know? comes back to what he was praying for Peter and mm. what I think he's praying for us, that's that safe. our faith won't fail. Because at some mm, point powerful. it's like, we're, we're gonna enter into plenty of places where our faith can fail. Yeah. And uh, you could look at the season right now, whether it's COVID or war or whatever, and yeah. our faith can fail daily. Mm. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is praying for us that our faith wouldn't fail in the face of injustice, in the face of darkness that doesn't make sense, in the face of the things that he lived and walked through and that we walk through every yeah. day. Mm. And the Bible does not avoid the reality of of the tension of the not yet. 
yes that we live in um and uh i think it's it's there are so many areas so many angles from which to to approach kind of this conversation of theodicy and all that kind of stuff but one of the things that uh, that we did try to do i think in that series good god right was just to say can we just look at the Mm. goodness a little bit you know Mm. can we just take a moment and and in the midst of the pain and the chaos of in, in literally at the inception of, of a war that has shaken us, uh, the world in a lot of way, obviously people uh, in Europe and Ukraine a lot more than you and I yeah. uh, in some significant ways. But in the midst of all of that, can we just come to a place where we say, you know, the working out of it is a little foggy for me, mm. but I have these moments that I can look to to just say, gosh, there is the goodness of God mm. that I can cling to and say in that moment, there wasn't a shadow of a doubt. I might not have been able to connect all the dots and you know, you know, do the math on it, but I could mm. say, God is so good, I'm watching there. So I, I'm wondering if you know, before we wrap up, we could just one or two of those stories uh, of where's a moment where you just saw the goodness of God that we could all kind of look at with you. Yeah. you know? mm. It's funny, I was, <clears throat> we went out to dinner uh, with the Woosters on Tuesday, Taco Tuesday. So that go. was the first time we had we'd been out with them, and it was mm-hmm. so good. But you know, they were kind of telling you know, like, "Hey, tell us your story." You know, so yeah. Pat and I were walking. My wife and I were walking through our story, and I I, I remember the story, but it came up when we were talking about. it. I was like, "Whoa!" But we were saying like in every almost every situation that we've had that's been difficult, and we've had quite a few, that God has kind of revealed His goodness and kind of prepared us for that. So yeah. like one of the stories yeah. we were telling is um, my, a guy, so I was running Phoenix One uh, version one. Uh, this, so this is like uh, maybe 11 years ago, okay? Mm-hmm. So, um, and a guy came into my office just randomly and handed me an envelope with $10,000 in it and said, this is for you. God told me to give this to you. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh cool, it's a donation to the, to the ministry, thank you so much. He was like, no, no, no. God told me to give it to you. Mm. So I have this, like, is this, a, like, what's happening? Yeah. You know, but he's like, I, I was praying and the Lord told me to give this to you. So I'm like, mm. holy cow. Like, I don't, so I went to a mentor. I'm like, I'm not sure what to do with this. So what would, what do you think I should do? And he was like, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you uh, put that money in your bank account, like set it aside. Um, and why don't you in 30 days, why don't you pray and ask the Lord, like, what do you want me to do with this money? Would you reveal what you want to do with this money? Um, and or go back to the guy after 30 days and go, hey, are you sure this is mm. <laughs> you were supposed? So that was his counsel. Mm. Um, to the day, almost 30 days, my son was diagnosed with cancer, mm. and that ten thousand dollars helped cover like a, a good portion of that first bit. Wow. So it was like God, the goodness of God was like, you're going to go through something. I think we mm. think about the goodness of God like He's eradicating all the bad. Yeah, getting yeah. rid of all like yeah. you know you're not nothing bad's gonna happen to you. The goodness mm. of God is I'm I'm preparing you. Yeah. I, I'm taking care of you. Like mm. I've got you. And so yeah. I think my wife and I, we were able to in that moment go, okay, he he's been preparing us for this. Mm. Now it doesn't make the suffering any better. It didn't make cancer easy yeah. uh, for three and a half years. It didn't make. But we knew like. We have not been abandoned, you know, kind of yeah, like Hagar, right. like Elroy, you know, the God, I see you, I see you and I'm with you. So for us, that has been kind of a reoccurring thing. And, and, and you know, the frustrating part is like, would you just, could you just make like all the hard go kind of go away? Yeah, yeah. But what we're learning, I think the older that we're getting is like, he's been there all along yes. and he's actually been preparing us for, yeah. for that. And so that for us, and I know that's not everybody's story. And so I resonate, 
I, I really do like mm. I, I love telling that story but I also read you know go like man that's not everyone's yeah. story but that was ours and so I remember for us we were telling that story on Tuesday and I thought wow like hmm. not that I had forgotten that story but how good yeah. God was to do that yeah. you know mm. so we didn't go into this very deep dark moment yeah. you know just feeling yeah. like you've completely no no, yeah. no I got you yeah. you know so I, yeah. I just that that one for me I was just thinking about this week like wow that was yeah. so powerful I, I was thinking about it a little bit with uh, my wife and I and I think what I've experienced too is those moments where like the Lord provides maybe before something happens you mm. know and then there's that other side to it too right where you step out and maybe with missions that's been the most palpable place for us mm -hmm. like missions when when god says i want you to step out and to do something and you just take that step and it's not fully funded mm. it's not ready yet you're like you don't this have is a foolish home. yeah <laughs> and um my wife and i we after we got married we had bought a house and we felt like the lord was calling us into ywam and and my uh, I won't say who, but some people in my family were not super encouraging when it came to that. Uh, I didn't didn't grow up in a Christian household. My wife didn't really either. Mm -hmm. And so for them, they're like, you're going to just mooch off of people and, move, you know, so it was this whole big thing. So yeah. we were already feeling like some familial shame, you know, yeah, going yeah, into yeah. it. And uh, so I was just going, man, Lord, I don't I don't know. And mm -hmm. we had just enough basically to like fly out to the school and. Um, but just week after week, the Lord just steadily provided everything that we needed, you know. And mm. I, I, I got to travel to India. I got to travel to Thailand. We we did a missions trip. Uh, we were, we spent about three months in Cambodia, and we looked mm. back after our year of missions, and I think we had made like twelve thousand dollars that year. Mm. And it literally didn't make any sense. We were looking at it, I was going, we have to have forgotten something or, hmm. but the Lord had just provided everything we needed along the way. And, um, <laughs> and it's one of those things, I just, it's just a beautiful, whenever you take that step of faith, whenever the Lord catches you, mm -hmm. it's this beautiful story you could look back on. And my wife and I, we, we took a step of faith moving out here even, when we yeah. felt like the Lord is calling us to Phoenix and all of these steps, we could just look back and go, okay, each Whoa, time yeah. he's caught us, when we step off the cliff, his hand is there to catch our foot, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, it's just, yeah, mm. it's great. I had, so. a, had a, I won't do the story because I feel like your guys' story has already said the same thing, yeah. uh, but I had a similar moment of kind of miraculous uh, provision from the Lord when I was 18 and backpacking and I was in Europe and didn't, I didn't have a lot of money and stuff and the Lord provided some money and some medicine and a sleeping bag and a bunch of cool stuff for me. And then uh, the day after that, I was on a train. I had gone from being in uh, in this train cart that was like overloaded, like three or four times as many people as capacity. <laughs> and then, and I'm swooshed in there. And then some guy comes over, you know, train worker, whatever, looks at my, at my URL pass and says, oh, what are you doing on this cart? Come follow me over to this one. So he takes me to the first class one where there's just me and like one dude uh, <laughs> over on the other side of the, this giant first class yeah. bougie mm. train cart and plops me down there. And in the course of the next you know few hours of that train ride, I'm, uh, I'm talking to the Lord and I felt like the Lord, is, he's telling me about the provision of the finances and mm. sleeping bag and stuff that he gave me the day before. And he says, Alec, I, I, it's such a unique moment where I, it wasn't the audible voice.
voice of God, but it was verbatim, mm. you know, where I knew what the Lord was saying directly to me. Yes. Uh, might as well have been audible. And I felt like the Lord saying, Alec, I'm always going to take care of you. I'm always going to provide you a house. And if I don't mm. provide you a house, I'm going to provide you a tent. And if mm. I don't provide a tent, I'm going to provide a sleeping bag. And if mm. I don't provide a sleeping bag, I'm going to make sure the weather's nice with you. And mm. if the weather's not nice, I'm going to sit with you in the cold. Mm. Um, and I obviously had a sense of the Lord saying also like, be with you in all those other ones <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. And, but in those scenarios, I just felt, man, yeah, you with me in the cold, like mm. that's the stuff. After mm. having received mm. literal miracle money deposited mm. into my account and you know, sure. resources coming out of nowhere, it was like, what I really want is you with me. Yeah. And so it's yeah. like, I think that, that inclination you have, like that's not everybody's story that's so true because this isn't prosperity gospel, this mm. isn't God, just gives us money because mm. it's fun and that's what he wants to do. I mean, he does those things, but also not not always. Mm. And also there's a promise, at least for me, of there may be a day when I'm sitting in the cold, but God's with me and that's his yes. provision. Mm. That's um, yeah. You know, I had like, I was thinking as you were talking, like, I think one of the stories we don't talk about is the road to Emmaus. Like you mm. got these dudes who, you know, Jesus is crucified and they're heading home. So they were like mm. followers and they're like, well, I get, you know, and so literally the risen Jesus approaches them. So we're in that week, you know, mm. he, he appears to them and they're like, he's like, where, where you been? Yeah. Well, we were hanging out with this guy. He, we thought he was the Messiah, you know, they mm. use past tense language. Yes. We thought he was the Messiah. We thought he was going to rescue Israel and, but he died. You know, you yeah. I can't believe you had, didn't hear about it. It's kind of big news. Like he died mm. in like a really bad death. And, mm. and all along the, the, the incarnation is walking alongside of them in their doubt, in their yes. wounding. And yeah. it says that he revealed, um, as they were speaking. So he, they ended up inviting him into the home mm. and he starts opening up basically the scriptures and they, they, they see him, they yes. like see him and they go, oh my gosh, he's risen, mm. he's risen, he's risen. And I think that story is like such an appropriate, maybe yes. story to, yeah. for this week. And as we mm. move forward, it's like, he didn't go too bad. You doubted me. You know, oh, when it was hard and it didn't work out, good yes. luck. Go yeah. back to your hometown. Yeah. You know, you don't get it. No, he mm. meets them on that road in their doubt, in their yes. discouragement, yep. goes into their home, and then their eyes were awakened. I love that part in the prodigal son mm. where it says, and he came to his senses. Mm -hmm. like, and they came to their senses. He's risen. He's risen. He's risen. Yeah. And that feels to me a little more practical yes. than this kind of theoretical, you know, mm -hmm you know, maybe too high pie in the sky kind of theology and like, no, he's, yeah. he's with us near. Yeah. So anyway. Well, I want to close with this one last question for David. Um, so David, as we've gone through this series and we're kind of, this is kind of the cap on it as we finish it up on Sunday. Uh, what's, what are you hoping has happened um, in the hearts and lives of of living streams as individuals, living streams as a community over the course of the series, Good God. Mm. One of the things that we'd said was we want to train ourselves in the gospel. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I, that, that was honestly a big hope. And, you know, I think we, we definitely plumbed the depths of good news, you know, throughout the whole of scripture and the revelation of Jesus and, mm. and kind of put a different light on it too. I think that it's very different from, what our society would say is mm. beautiful or mm -hmm. strong, like the gentle, the mercy, the lowly, the willing to engage in the pain, the acknowledgement of the mess, yeah. mm. um, and yet 
full confidence. I love when Paul says, I am confident of this, <laughs> that he who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. And then he follows that up with saying, I'm confident that the chains that I'm in right now are gonna further the gospel. Mm. I'm confident that, you know, all of the things that have happened to me are going to work out for my deliverance. Like yeah, I just, yeah. so I, I think I think that would be like, once you're trained in something, you have a greater confidence mm. in that thing. And so that that would be my hope, and that's just my prayer. I mean, it's well, for, what about for me. The, how does that relate to the buoyancy part? Because I think yeah. that's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, yeah, the buoyancy is kind of the year-long process. And I mean, really where we're going next with strengthen yourself in the Lord is, 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 you know, confidence, I think, is some of that buoyancy, but it's just like, doesn't matter what I, what I face. Doesn't matter if I'm, if I'm, if I'm brand new in the prison, like mm. Joseph, and I'm the lowest of the prisoners, or if I'm at the top of the prisoners, you know, my, my confidence is the same that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Mm. Yeah. And, and so that's the buoyancy ideas, you know, cause life has you, sometimes you're, you're walking on water, Sometimes you are like down, mm. like under the sand at the bottom of the sea, you know, <laughs> and there's like fish looking at you like, what's wrong, what's man? Yeah. you're going to die so I can eat you. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but so like life just has us in all those, those, those things, but the, but the goodness of God, the, the gospel of God, you know, it, it does, it does have dividends mm. in every aspect of life. Um, and again, it's, you know, all things work together for good for those who love God and call or, or who are called according to persons. That sounds a lot better when you're on, walking on mm. water than when you're under the sand. Um, mm. but, but those things still apply. And I think what you guys were saying with the presence mm. of the Lord and, and just to finish, but you guys all mentioned stories of the goodness of God showing up in a provision, a miraculous provision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, for a need that you had and you are a little bit alluding to in your in your conversation with the lord on the on the train was was that that provision that sometimes god doesn't provide something miraculous for your situation mm -hmm. he just provides himself mm -hmm. yeah. and i think with paul praying my grace you know the, like mm -hmm. three times he prayed lord take this thorn mm -hmm. from my flesh and the lord mm -hmm. lord said no mm -hmm. i'm not going to give you a miraculous provision of healing I'm going to give you my grace. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and this That's is good. the thing that I don't know. And again, this mm. is more of that theodicy type stuff is, is I think what, what the Bible says more often is that the miraculous healing you receive is less than, mm. than the grace that God gives you to endure the pain. No, I, I agree with yeah. that. And yeah. I, like, mm, I'd yeah. always rather see the miraculous oh. healing. And it's funny, mm. even when someone comes and they have something they're hurting, it's like, I pray for the healing. 100%. And, and the Lord knows, but, but in the scriptures, it does seem a little bit like the better of the two, mm -hmm. you know, the having once been broken, mm -hmm. better for having once been broken. Like the better of the two is that God would provide his grace, you know, in, in the mm. sufficient way so that you can endure well, limp yeah. well, yeah. be broken well. Mm experience his presence in a deeper mm. way mm. well yeah. <laughs> mm. and all that so yeah, that's, that's that's beautiful well it. thank you guys so much uh just for hanging with us for talking mm. i love this yeah. this is so fun i, 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 I don't so know fun. if people watching can tell that this is fun for us because yes. this is what we do yeah. whether or not there's a camera or a microphone yes. <laughs> yeah uh, just yeah. a just a bunch of nerds nerding out yes um, yeah. if you if you are watching uh online and you missed anything you didn't see this series uh, i want to encourage you you can go check it out uh, at livingstreams.org mm. uh, you can check it out uh, on our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts you can check it out uh on our app mm. uh all these different sermons are in there um, 
Um, and, uh, and pretty soon, but not quite yet, uh, we'll actually have a resource of some books and some reading on our website. Um, and so it's possible when you're listening to this that that might actually be up at livingstreams.org to see some of the things that we recommended, some of the things we read, and then just books that we at Living Streams think you yeah. should read these because they're yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, thanks Thank so much. Thank you, Dalton. Yeah, yeah thanks, Dalton. Thanks, Dalton. Dalton. We appreciate it. <laughs> All right, well, have a good day. See you. See you.